Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and let's talk about Chiefs today. It is an exciting day here in Kansas City. Everybody's pumped up, ready to go this afternoon for the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Eagles going today. And As you know, I've been here for 22 years. I'm in my 32nd year on radio here in Kansas City, my 42nd year working as a sports psychologist. And Throughout my career, I've had the privilege to meet so many incredible people in all walks of life. And uh, throughout the, my career, I've, I've enjoyed talking, conversing, getting to know how people function, how they handle winning and losing, how they deal with success and failure. And quite frankly, there are a few people who are at the top of that list. And today, we're going to have one of those people on the show with me. I'm going to introduce him here in a moment. I've known this this gentleman since the mid-1990s when he was working with the Chiefs as their offensive coordinator, receivers coach, and have gotten to know him and maintain a relationship with him over the years. But the probably the best thing about him was when my oldest son uh, needed to job shadow someone, he was glad to do it. His name's Al Saunders. He is, I guess, officially retired now as a football coach after what, 90 years, Al? Is that right? About 90 years of, of coaching? <laughs> it, 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 feel, it feels like that. And actually, uh, 50 years, my wife and I decided uh, a long time ago that uh, at 50 years, we were going to you know, call it quits and spend time with our grandchildren and uh, my spending time with her and, and, and my own children. And uh, we, we made that decision some years ago and, and stuck to it. Um, it was a little easier than I thought uh, to do that. I, I, I will say this. Um, I, I haven't missed the grind of getting in the office at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning and leaving at 10, 11 at night and not having a day off from the beginning of June to the end of February. Um, but, I, but I will also say that in, in those 50 years of coaching 38 in the National Football League, I can honestly say I've never felt like I, I was going to work. I could hardly wait to get there, and, and if it wasn't for my family, I probably wouldn't have come home. I, I, I enjoyed every minute of it, um, the relationships with the players and the fellow coaches and, and people like yourself, uh, support staff, um, have, have just been phenomenal. I've just been so fortunate to, to play game a game for my entire life, you know, as a young kid uh, all the way through adulthood, but... Uh, the, the essential part of teaching and, and nurturing people and enjoying the, the highs and the lows of uh, the emotions that go on with professional sport and college sport. It was a, it was a tremendous ride. Um, but, but I've enjoyed every second of spending time with my, my six grandchildren. In fact, I'm, I'm taking my 10 year old to Maui uh, in a, in a few days uh, for a week. And, you have an uh, extra seat. Have any... <laughs> yeah. My wife's sitting in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you just you just hit on something, and, and of course, I think you and I, I, I love our relationship. I can call you anytime. Uh, we can talk about all kinds of things. Your knowledge is is just incredible about people, not just coaching football, but people. That's one of the things I admire in you, and the relationships you've you've made with so many people, and so many people who have have mentioned you to me have nothing but wonderful things to say about the type of person you were. You know, and there, years ago. Uh, you told me, uh, you know, you would go interview players uh, before the draft, and you told me one of the things you always did was you liked to talk about their their with their parents and get to know them as people. 
get to know how they function, their, their ups and downs, their ins and outs. And I think that's one of the reasons, Al, you were so successful as a coach for so long because you took a, a personal interest in these people, not just as athletes, but as people. Yeah, you know, I, I was the beneficiary of that. I, I think as a as a young athlete myself, I, I was fortunate to have coaches at the youth level um, who I grew up in, in inner city and in, in downtown Oakland. We lived next to the Oakland YMCA uh, downtown on 21st and Telegraph across the street from the Greyhound bus depot. And uh, I had a, a mentor by the name of Gus McKinnon, who was the uh, youth program director there and the swimming coach there. And, uh, you know, he took all the kids under his wing and, and, uh, really, you know, n- mentored us and nurtured us. And, and I always appreciated that. Uh, and it was kind of a pipeline of, of athletics being kind of a conduit to, to um, deal with, with young kids. And, and that's really how I started. And I always remember him saying that, you know, as a coach, nobody really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I've, I've always really felt that. And, uh, just really enjoyed the opportunity to, you know, take young young kids at the youth level. I coached in high school for a year. I coached at the major college level, and coached in the NFL, uh, and, and never never approached it uh, in any way other than I have an opportunity uh, to take something that I really love, uh, which was which was football, and have an opportunity to to teach uh, those uh, who are willing to learn and get better. To, to be better at those skills and uh, no different than a, an elementary school teacher or a, or a high school teacher, a math teacher or a history teacher. Um, we just happened to teach football and it just happened to be in front of a lot of people like, like, like today's going to be uh, that AFC championship uh, two weeks ago was in front of 53 million people on television. So it was a little bigger stage than a classroom of, of the 12 kids, you know, but it was all, it was all the same. You know, you, you, you enjoy people. You enjoy seeing them progress. You enjoy seeing them do well. You uh, relish the fact that maybe you had a little bit of a part of developing their life, uh, not only as a as an athlete, but uh, maybe also as a person. And uh, you said it earlier, and, and, and I really do appreciate uh, so many of the players who have had the opportunity to coach uh, or to deal with, and it not just necessarily the Hall of Fame players like Tony Gonzalez or or Marcus Allen or Joe Montana or those people. It's, it's you know, people that uh, maybe didn't make the team or people who, uh, you know, were backup players or, or people who uh, just had maybe two weeks of training camp with us that uh, when you cross their paths again, when they tell you how much they appreciated the way they were treated and the, and the way they were nurtured, it's, uh, that, that's really the reward of being, being a coach or being a teacher. My guest today is Al Saunders, former NFL coach, a Super Bowl champion with the St. Louis Rams, where he worked with Dick Vermeil. Of course, he's been twice a coach here in the Kansas City area. And, you know, we've got this big game going on today, Al, the Chiefs and the Eagles. And obviously there's, there's a bias here uh, from my own perspective, having been a fan of the Chiefs since the first game they ever played and having worked with over 30 players, as you know. Um, the approach I've told the players that I'm working with, and I've got several in this game today, it's another football game. Yes, it's the Super Bowl, but, you know, you've gotten through the week, you've gotten through all the, the media and all the stuff, and now, now it's time to play. And the mindset that I've told players in, in previous Super Bowls, it's another game. Go out there with that approach. 
you know, don't think about it. Oh my God, it's the Super Bowl. We've got to win. Focus on your execution. Focus on your effort. Don't worry about the results. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, you know that it's easier said than done. I think a little bit in that um, it is just another game, and and it, th- those players that are focused on their skills and their assignments and responsibilities understand that. the The, the difference between today's game and the games that went previous is, is the finality of it all. You know, you, you know before you go in that this is the last one. Uh, you know, game number eight in the regular season, you, you never think of that because, you you know, you, you go and you play and, and you just move on and there's going to be another game next, next week, win, lose, or draw. But that, that's the thing that, that really struck me um, about the Super Bowls being involved with the, the, and the one that we won in, in Kansas, I mean, excuse me, in, uh, in St. Louis, um, was that it was the last one, you know, the, the last opportunity to perform at the level that you would like to perform at. But the key in, in winning that and the key in playing is just exactly what you've said. You you can't emotionally or mentally put any more pressure on yourself to perform at a higher level. Um, the level that th- those players have performed at to get them where they are, um, the continuation of that and the focus on their job and the, the concentration that they need in order to perform at a high level, the, the, the level of competition is, is greater because now you've got the two best teams in the National Football League playing today. Um, and some of the greatest players that will ever play the game on the field uh, this afternoon or this evening, um, it, it's going to be a special game to watch. And, and, and the team and, and the players that can focus on their responsibilities, not try to do too much, um, try to stay within themselves and, and, and stay with the techniques and, and the knowledge that they've gained you know, through this season and through the seasons in the, in the past. Those are the guys that have the best chance to win. They're the ones that, that as you say, can, can focus on this as, as another game. Um, it's a big game, but it, it, the ball is the same. The field is the same. Uh, the intensity is a little bit greater. I, I will say that. Um, I think that the, 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 the player, the two players that are the two positions that you see play maybe at a little bit more of an intense level are the runners, the, the guys that are running, not necessarily the running backs, but also the receivers. When the, the players that have the ball in their hands become a little bit more energized and the tackling is usually more vicious, harder uh, and more deliberate in a game like the Super Bowl than in some of the regular seasons games. Because once again, you know, it, it's it's the last game of the year. It's the last opportunity that some of these players will ever play uh, football again. Um, it's the last time that the, 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 the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles will be this team. There'll be different coaches. There'll be different players. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of emotion that goes into it. But if, if you if you you deal with that and, and feel it, um, you know, this week uh, before the game rather than the day of the game, that's what makes the difference. You know, put all those things that you can't control and put all those things that, that don't have an effect on your particular job and just go out and play hard and, and, and play well. And uh, the, the team that does that the best will probably win because these are two very, very talented football teams today. You've coached Hall of Fame athletes. You got to be around Kurt Warner when you, you were with the Rams and you won the Super Bowl. What's your what's your view of Patrick Mahomes and the way he handles himself? I I've never met him, 
but I admire him immensely because I, f I feel he's the ultimate team player. His disposition, uh, the way he handles pressure, the way he reacts to things, and from the players that I work with who have been around him, they, they've just said he's just a really team-oriented guy. It's not about him. It's about the team. Yeah, that, that's probably the, the best way to put it. He, he appears uh, in a public perspective, uh, and the way he comes across uh, in the media and in the public's eye is someone who is very genuine, uh, someone who is very honest, someone who cares about uh, not only his own performance at a high level, not because he wants to, to be the, the, the best player that there ever was. I'm sure he, he wants to do that, but, but it, because of his teammates. I think if you ask him uh, right now, um, before he goes on the field today, of what's the most important thing to him, obviously it would be winning today's game, but to not let down his teammates. I was, was going to say winning the game with his teammates. That's what I, I yeah, think he might say. Yeah, to perform at a level that, that would uh, you know, elevate the play of the players around him. He's, he seems so unselfish. Uh, and he's just a, the consummate team professional with high character, high values, and, and, and apparently very high morals. And those kind of people um, you gravitate to. I mean, notwithstanding his physical ability, I mean, I, I, like I, I, as we said earlier, I coached 38 years in the league and, and 50 in, in, in football. And I, I, there, there aren't very many players at that position um, that have the, the, the ability that he has um, in an impromptu extended version of, of the plays that are called in the huddle. I mean, he's spectacular. Some of the throws that he makes are just, uh, they're, they're so special. They're, there's not many players before uh, or after that are going to come after him that can make the kind of plays that he can make. And uh, that's what makes Kansas City such a great football team. It's so much fun to watch is his physical skills, but uh, all, all those intangible qualities um, that you mentioned earlier really make him special and make him a cut above, you know, the players that uh, that are in the National Football League. Have you ever met him, Al? I've never have. Have you? Yeah, I've met him a couple of times. I, I don't, uh, you know, I never coached him, um, but I played against him, coached against him a couple of times, had an opportunity to say hello to him. Um, but don't know him on a real personal level like I know the players that I have coached. But you can tell just from watching him how his demeanor is, is so even and, and controlled rather than out of control. And it, it doesn't seem like his ego gets in the way because it's about, it's about the team. Would you agree with that? No, you, you, would, you, would, you would look at him and, and listen to the way he responds to questions and hard questions that the media ask. Um, and that's the hardest part of being a professional athlete is dealing with the media and, and actually answering questions and, and being, you know, projected into some, maybe sometimes some different lights that you don't want to be projected in. Um, but he handles that so well. And I think a lot, I think he's very mature. Right when he got in the league, he appeared very mature for his experience and for his age. And he's had success, you know, in his entire life. Uh, in the sport of football, just a, a real special human being who, who in my mind, I, you know, of course, the Midwest, the work ethic, the quality of life, the values, um, he is a great extension of um, the Midwestern prototype and, and how you project and how you would, if you said, you know, this person has the qualities of a Midwesterner, I mean, what 
not a better place to be from than Kansas City and project those those values of, of hard work and and, and family and, and uh, just the qualities of, uh, and values that, that someone has that are just down to earth, uh, people who just love each other and, and, and love what they're doing, and that, that's him. My guest today is Al Saunders, NFL champion with the St. Louis Rams, a wonderful guy I've known for years, and he's been kind enough to join us here on Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back in a moment on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I know everybody's pumped up about, probably can't wait till this afternoon for that game to start. I know I've been excited about this for a long time. I had a feeling we were going to make it this year, and we're there. And I'll tell you what, I am pumped up about it. And today, I'm excited to have as my guest Al Saunders, former NFL coach, Super Bowl champion with the St. Louis Rams a good friend for many, many years, a man I admire immensely because, first of all, he's a good person. He's a family guy. He's raised three kids. He's got several grandchildren. He's he's a former great athlete himself. He's been a marathoner. He was a high school swimmer, champion swimmer, if I'm correct, and um, a guy who understands winning and losing, success and failure. So being that it is the Super Bowl, you've been there before. You understand the the pressures. How do guys handle the pressure of this game? Now, what would you say? What's the what, – if you were coaching today with either the Chiefs or the Eagles, what would you be saying to the players in terms of getting ready for the game mentally and, and getting themselves out there? Yeah, well, I wish I was coaching with the, the Chiefs or the Eagles uh, tonight in this <laughs> game. This, this, this is special. And after i got to say, after 15 years uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, with, with Marty Schottenheimer and, and Dick Vermeil, I, I, I certainly hope that, uh, that Kansas City scores one more point than those Philadelphia Eagles today. And that's probably what I tell them. That's all you need. You know, you don't need to score 30 more points. You just need one more point at the end of 60 minutes, and, and we walk away with a, with the world championship. But uh, the, the confidence level, um, you know, the day before a game like this, um, it, it, it probably wasn't much different. My, my recollection of the AFC championship games, the NFC championship games that had an opportunity to participate in the Super Bowls, the, the thing is, is that uh, every game you play, um, there there's a level of, uh, of a level of confidence that's exuded by the really, really good and consistent players. Um, and I think as a coach, one of the things that that the coaches I'm sure today are stressing are, you know, they don't have to do anything more than they've done to get to this point. Uh, they have to rely on their 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 technique. They have to rely on what they've been taught. They have to rely on their their instincts. They have to rely on on their innate ability to go out and perform at a high level without trying to insert anything different than they've ever done. Um, and you know the the intensity is going to be a little bit. The the routine is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little longer before you know when you come off the field from warmups and then going back out for the kickoff is is 20 minutes, which is, you know, 12 minutes longer than it normally is. The halftime is longer. Uh, yeah, I want to I I hit you up on that, the halftime. Okay, that that's something that obviously these guys, unless they've been in a Super Bowl before, haven't had that long of a time in the locker room. So just, just from a, your experience, what goes on in the locker room at halftime during a Super Bowl? Because you're, how, normally the, the halftime is what, about 10 minutes, 12 minutes? This is about 20-something, is that right? 
Yes, it's it's eight minutes, eight to eight to twelve minutes longer, as I recall, than a normal halftime. And usually, you know, people uh, think at halftime that you go in and you know you're 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 doing all kinds of diagrams, changing all kinds of plays, uh, giving a you know a Newt Rockney, you know, fire them up fire and brimstone talk and then you come back out and you play the game and you made a you know 20 adjustments at halftime which is 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 totally not true (laughs) you know when you come off the field because of the short really amount of time by the time you get off the field you get in the locker room the first thing the players do is they go and 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 get their their you know their tape jobs done they get uh, you know readjusted their equipment they you know the the trainers are taking care of them they're they're doing all of those kind of things uh and it really is is a coaching staff uh, you have probably just a couple of minutes to address the team and generally it's what direction you're going to go in um these are the the top plays on defense these are the top things you're going to do on offense and then you go out and take the field and there's really not a lot of time other than just getting a breather, uh, you know, getting refreshed a little bit. Um, and that's the way it is uh, in every game in the National Football League. The, the thing that's different at the, with the Super Bowl is all of a sudden there's about eight more minutes, eight to 12 minutes that you have that now now you can fill in some of that time, you know, and, and discuss in a little bit more detail position by position and group by group. Um, what you're going to go ahead and do in the second half, you know. So it's a little bit different that way, but teams that are generally prepared, uh, you know, you you kind of practice that mechanic uh, during the week, uh, understanding that there's a little bit more time uh, and halftime is going to be a little bit different for you. So, you know, you need to adjust that. And we one of the great things we did uh, in St. Louis before the game, uh, the Super Bowl game, uh, when, when we played against uh, uh, Tennessee was on Saturday, we went through the whole time segment of, of the game before the game, uh, how long it would be in the locker room coming out on the field. By the time they sing the national anthem and sing two or three more songs, you've been you're actually standing on the field probably for almost 15 minutes, which is unusual. Um, and then we went in and, and actually went through a halftime you know, and just gave them the feeling of how long that was going to be so that nothing was, nothing was a surprise to them on that day. And knowing Andy, uh, and of course they've been, you know, three of the last five Super Bowls. So they're, they're, this isn't their first rodeo. There's a lot of kids in there that have not been in the Super Bowl before. Um, but players like Patrick and, and, and those players who have been, you know, those are the kind of things that the players talk about is what is what, the little bit of difference what it's going to feel like, um, but you're not going to play any different. The confidence that you have in the AFC Championship game last week is no different than the confidence you're going to have tonight when you play in this game and just go out and play your best and give it your best effort. What play one play at a time? What, what you know? You mentioned the word confidence. My guest today is Al Saunders, former NFL great coach, Super Bowl champion with the Rams. What is confidence, Al? What what, what is it for you? I've I've talked about it for years on my shows. But what's what's your definition description of confidence? How do you gain it? How do you lose it? I think I think confidence is knowing what you're capable of doing, um, and going out and doing that without any distraction and and totally focused on the 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 objective at hand. I think when you feel as though you can accomplish something. Um, and you've been trained and you have the focus and you have the physical ability to do it, 
then the, the confidence comes uh, when you actually get the feeling of, of that accomplishment. When you've accomplished something one time, you know that you can do it again. And when you've accomplished something or come close to doing something, you know that you have the capability of doing it. Uh, there might be a little bit of, of, of work that you have to do to get over a certain area, whether it's a, you know, running in a, in a 400-meter race and, and needing to shave you know, two-tenths of a second off your time. Your technique has to be a little bit better. But it's understanding what you have to do to accomplish a task. And I believe that the confidence comes when you feel yourself moving in that direction, even though you don't get there, even though you might not win a Super Bowl, even though you might not win a swimming race, even though you might not win a marathon, you know that you're progressing toward the end and the goal that you have. And I think the confidence comes from the incremental improvement that you make and the ability to, to focus on your task at hand and, and continue to get better. How do you lose confidence? What happens that causes an athlete or a team to lose their confidence? And A, and then B, how do they recognize that and not let it become a free fall and catch it so it doesn't destroy them? Yeah, I, I, think, I think sometimes you need help in that regard. I think... Uh, I, People, coaching and, and teaching are, 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 are critical elements and trust in someone that, that has faith in your ability to do something. Um, I think when, it, when somebody tries to accomplish something and all of a sudden they don't or they've, they've reached a certain level of competency in their sport um, and all of a sudden they go out and they, they don't do it, uh, then there's that, that doubt that creeps in. But I think if you have a really a good teacher, if you have someone who deals with you emotionally as well as mentally, that can reinforce the fact that, hey, listen, you know, this is what you've done. You've done this before. You can do it again. And this is how you're going to do it. It's, it's when you give somebody answers uh, rather than give them questions in terms of achieving a, a particular goal. And confidence is lost. You know, you take kickers are probably the ones that the kid from Dallas that missed four PATs. Nobody in the history of the National Football League has missed four PATs. He comes back in the next game, and, and the first kick he lines up to do gets blocked, you know, and then he goes, goes back and, and kicks a field goal and, and kicks another couple of PATs to, to put him in a position to win the game. Um, but obviously – uh, he had confidence in his own abilities uh, because he knew he could do it, and there certainly had to have been someone there um, by his side to, to show him uh, the direction that he needed to take in order to, to, to regain that skill level that he had. I don't care what level you're at, you're going to fail in sports. I mean, no one's perfect. Everybody screws up. And, at, at, of course, this game today is, is one of the biggest – uh, athletic events in the world. I mean, this, it's the Super Bowl. I went to the very first one with my father. I was fortunate enough to go three years ago in the Chiefs one after a 50-year drought. And, um, I, I, you know, having worked with so many players, and, and I've got some Chiefs players I've worked with the, the last couple of years that are in this game, I know our focus has been on, you know, staying within yourself, getting yourself prepared. And, and like I said earlier, in the end, it is another game when you're out there. You can't think – oh, my gosh, it's a Super Bowl. If I screw up, we lose. If I do well, we win. It's like, how do I execute? I have a one of the Chiefs players' Super Bowl jerseys in my office, and he has the word, the, the letters F-O-E on it. it. stands for focus on effort. And that's what I talk about. And I do this with all athletes of all ages. I talk about focus on effort instead of focus on results. What's your opinion on that? 
Yeah, I, what a great what a great moniker to have, um, because that's I've always felt like, and I think it's probably a, a, a tried and true you know statement from a lot of coaches is you only can control what you can control. Um, and today, these players, they're not going to get any better than they were yesterday. They can't do anything technique-wise or they can't do anything um, knowledge-wise, really, to improve their skill level um, more tonight than they had yesterday. But you can control your effort. And, and I made reference to that a little bit earlier. You'll see the runners will run harder. The tacklers will be more assertive and, and, and more physical. Um, it, it's just the, the impact of the game uh, and the effort that each player gives um, it, it may may very well be the difference in the game. And, and those that can focus on their effort are those that are, that are controlling um, what they're able to control and play at a higher level. Let me ask this question, and it, it may seem a little off base in a sense, but how much do you try to emphasize these guys to go have fun today? I mean, if you were coaching today, would that be something you bring up? Some people say, come on, Doc, this is a, this is a Super Bowl, man. you got to focus. you got to concentrate. But shouldn't, shouldn't there be some kind of an emphasis? Let's, let's go have fun with this. Let's be ourselves and enjoy what you can do. Will that make a difference, you think? Um, you, or not, you know, or I, not. Tell me what you think. No, you know, I, I don't think there's very many uh, coaches that get to this level. And, and I'm sure Andy... Uh, you know, Seriani, both of those guys would would say, "Let's go out and have fun." I mean, I, I don't, I haven't been in many, very many locker rooms when we've got in big games, and that wasn't mentioned by someone. You know, let's go out and have fun today. Let's let's play as hard as we can play. Let's focus on the effort. Let's give the best effort you can possibly give, and let's go out and have fun. The fun is winning the game, obviously. You know, after after 60 minutes of, of playing as hard as you can possibly play. But part of part of being a professional athlete, but part of you know the Tom Brady playing until he's 45 years old is you enjoy it. You know, you enjoy the exhilaration of of playing in in front of you know, 80,000 people and 50 million people on, on television. You enjoy the exhilaration of, of doing something well, of succeeding, of making a catch or making a run or making a tackle, of, of doing something well for your teammates. It's everything that you've strived for as a, as a group and as a team are, is now all coming together today, you know, in, in an effort. And, and it is fun. It's fun when you go out. You watch the players when they're out there on the field um, at warming up before the official warmups, guys out there in their t-shirts, you know, an hour before they really actually warm up going out and just feeling the turf and, and getting kind of accustomed to the environment, the, the, the lights and the, and the position of the, the clocks and all of those kind of things. It's really fun. <clears throat> you know, that, that's when guys have fun. They have fun before the game. They have fun during the game. And when you win, you have fun after the game. The team that does not win tonight will not have a whole lot of fun, but they'll think back of the great experience they had in the game, and hopefully they'll be able to say they played their, their absolute best and, and the best team won. When you say that, I, I remember uh, watching the 49ers and the Eagles warm up as I was at in the parking lot at Arrowhead. A friend of mine has a big TV at his tailgate party. And uh, Debo Samuel and Antonio Brown were out there j- joking around and laughing with each other. 
Um, so I think that's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, they're, they're on opposite oh, yeah. teams, but they're out there, you know, warming up, running each other, hugging each other, laughing together. Well, there, there's such an appreciation and, and such a respect for one another in the National Football League that, I mean, these are, 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 are athletes that are playing at the highest level in the world in their sport, in the biggest game in the world in their sport. Um, just as we watched the World Cup, you know, several or a year ago in soccer, it's the biggest sport. In, actually, that's the biggest sport in the world on the biggest stage. But this is the biggest stage for football, for American football. And, uh, you know, so the, the, the players that are taking the field tonight are, are, are the, the best of the best. They're the best that we've seen um, as, as a team coming together uh, to put on a, a, a great you know, 60 minutes of entertainment for all of us that are able to watch it. And I'm just really excited to, to, to watch this game tonight as you are. And hopefully Kansas city will, will focus on effort and, and remember what they've been told and taught and, uh, you know, do some things that allows their physical qualities um, to just go ahead and perform and, and, you know, mentally and emotionally, uh, you know, be, be, be as one and have an opportunity to really enjoy themselves. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today is Al Saunders, former NFL great coach, champion with the St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl. We're having a great interview, and we'll be back in a few mo- moments here in the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm having a great interview today with NFL champion Al Saunders, coach of the St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl, a good friend. We've known each other for, gosh, Al, close to 30 years now. It's amazing. Um, and he'll still talk to me. That's even better. Um, <laughs> you, you know, this game today could come down to the kickers. And, you know, I, I it's public knowledge. Nick Lowry worked with me for close to 13 years. He was a guest host on my show for a long time. And the Chiefs have two of the, the, the best kickers in all football, and Harrison Bucker and Tommy Townsend. Tommy's been nominated to every pro, every all-pro nomination this year. He's just been incredible with his punts, uh, the hang time and the distance and placing them inside the ten. And then you've got Harrison Butker, who has just been amazing. I mean, if you go back in the last year, last year against Buffalo, everybody in Kansas City remembers with three seconds left, he kicked a 49-yard field goal to send the game into overtime. And after the game, Harrison was being interviewed, and he said, you know, it didn't even hit me if I missed that kick. The season's over. I just knew, okay, it's 49 yards. Here's where the wind's blowing. I need to do this to execute the kick. He then makes a 44-yarder at the end of the game against Cincinnati to send that into overtime. A couple weeks ago against Jacksonville, he kicks two 50-yarders. And then, of course, in the AFC Championship game, he comes in with three seconds left and kicks a 45-yarder to give the Chiefs the victory. And this is, of course, after, you know, rolling his ankle in the opening game, missing four games and, you know, never being injured before like this and having to come back and adjust it as he's shared adjust his technique. The pressure on kickers in this game, Al, talk about it. And how, enor- how, much, how enormous is it to be able to handle this? And what's the... From your perspective, what's the type of mindset these guys have to have to be able to do that? Yeah, you know, boy, it, it's it's not easy. You know, um, the, the, of all of all the, the the positions or all the the performers on on the field today, um, the, the kickers are unique. You know, and and probably the, the punters not as much um, because they're really never in a position where their failure. Uh, 
or lack of, of, of real uh, exceptional performance loses a game, they're, they're not in a position where the, you, I'm lining up to kick this. We're two points down. You know, there's three seconds left on the clock. If, I, if, if we make it, we win. If we don't, we lose. You know, so the place kicker is, is, has probably a, a, a much higher level or threshold of, of emotional and mental uh, concern about his performance than, than, than a punter would. I, I li- I've always likened the kickers to golfers. You know, I watched the Pebble Beach uh, Open last week and, and uh, you know, I just love watching Pebble Beach. <laughs> and I'm not a golfer, but I, but I enjoy watching the game, watching, I enjoy watching great, great athletes at any sport. But to me, that is so similar to what, what it is for a place kicker. They all have great skill. Every, every golfer, all 60 that made the cut in the Pebble Beach uh, the, the, the tournament last week uh, are phenomenal golfers. Um, you know, the winner, Justin Rose, uh, he hasn't won a tournament in four years. And yet here's someone who uh, has an Olympic gold medal. He uh, won the U.S. Open at one time. Uh, he won the FedEx championship one time and, and was ranked number one in the world at one time. And all of a sudden, he, he hadn't won a tournament in four years. Right. And, and the kickers that are kicking today, um, they're going to line up uh, and, and kickers on both sides, the place kickers on both sides as the punters are, 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 have had tremendous years. Their team wouldn't be where they are if they hadn't had tremendous years. They have the skill set. There's neither one of those kickers uh, will fail um, because of their physical ability to kick the football. Now, the, the, the weather elements, that could be a factor, but in Arizona, probably not. Which, so, that stadium's um, enclosed, so I doubt that'll, that'll yeah, really affect they, it. Right? Yeah, they have a sliding roof. So, so the, the physical elements aren't going to be there, and you've got to assume that the, the snap and the hold will be the same. So what would be the difference? What will be the difference in the performance of the place kickers? It's emotional or it's mental. It's, it's the pressure that they may put on themselves to, 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 to kick the ball through with no time on the clock. Got one second. You know your, you, your kick is the difference between winning and losing. And, and the, the one that can handle that emotion and handle that particular pressure, um, which they get paid handsomely to do, and both have proven they can do it this year, that will be the difference in the game. I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a very, very close game, and I think it probably will come down to the kickers, and it may be a kick in the first half that makes a difference. might be a, a PAT. It might be a, a kick with a couple of seconds left on the clock to win the game, but the, the difference in making it or not making it is going to be the, the, the mental and the emotional uh, stability of that particular player in the biggest game, the biggest football game in, in our country um, this year, the Super Bowl. So it, it'll be interesting to see. If, if they have you working with them, I, I, I give the edge to whoever that might be or would be, <laughs> and, and I'm hoping it's with Kansas City. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, visualization is one of the, the topics that I emphasize a lot and telling people you know what is visualization it's picturing yourself doing what you want to do before you do it in your mind and I I often tell athletes and and, and kickers especially to go out on the field and visualize kicking from every every you know starting up close and moving all the way back to the 50 55 you know yard 60 yards back 
and go in the other direction as well because the you know the depth perception is different the, the when you're looking at is different in each each end zone and I, I think visualization is such an important component of success now you know when I started working in in 1981 basically nobody really heard of that before that word although people were doing it just that term wasn't used and now you hear it all the time from your experience as a coach how important do you see visualization and where do you see it as, as an essential component of helping teams win? Oh, I, I think it's probably one of the most important concepts of, of performing at a high level. Um, the visualization, seeing yourself, perform, like you said earlier, performing the task and performing it well, whether it's catching a football, whether it's throwing the football, whether it's uh, you know putting the football high and tight as a runner, whether it's making a tackle and whether, whether it's making a kick. You know, all of those things, all of the, all of the, the, uh, the, the physical components of, of, of a particular task on the football field has a visual component. And if you can visualize yourself uh, to the point where you can almost feel it, you can feel it through your entire body. You can, and take, we're talking kicker. So you take a kicker, you know, as long as they continue to have the same routine, and the same approach to what they do, the same approach to every kick, the same routine of every kick, the same preparation before they go on the field, the same alignment, the same distance away from the from the particular placement. If, if all of that is consistent, then the visualization of putting that ball through the uprights it, it is, is probably the most important critical factor in whether or not that, that player makes the kick. With a few minutes we have left, Al, let me ask you this question. Um, as you know, I've talked for years about the importance of mental health in sports. And yes, it's the Super Bowl today. How athletes handle the success or failure of what happens today is going to be important. How important is, is mental health now when you look at, at, at sports in general and the role it plays in terms of success and failure for athletes and, de and dealing with all these things? Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of biased a little bit. My, my daughter has a, a Ph.D. in clinical psychology, and she played on the, the uh, under-20 U.S. national team as a soccer player for a period of time. And, yes, you, uh, do, and, you do have some bias, but you've got a, a very rational opinion about it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think that, you know, there, there's nothing more important than, than mental health. Um, you know, your, your physical health comes and goes. Uh, your mental health as it applies to your living of your life, of dealing with people, of uh, having success uh, as an athlete, of having success in, in a job, having success as a parent, having success in school. Um, I, I, I'm really, I think, happy to see there's more of an awareness now of, of mental health and how much it plays in the lives of all of us. Uh, for success, uh, just in, in living on a day-to-day -day basis, and uh, you know, athletes need as as much or more uh, care and concern in that regard because of, of what they face on a daily basis and and how they're put in the public's eye and and how they have to perform. These guys tonight are going to be performing in front of probably 60, 65 million people or more uh, on television, and uh, you know, if you think about that. Uh, and you and you roll that over in, in your brain a little bit, you'll realize that uh, there needs to be some stability and there needs to be some some understanding of, of the you know of, of where you are mentally um, as a human being. And 
I, I think we're, we're really blessed to have people like you, Andy, who, who take it so seriously and have dedicated your life um, to really the mental health and, and the benefit of athletes and, and, and people in general. And I think there are more and more people now coming to understand how important that really is. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing for all of us. Well, one of the reasons I, I feel our friendship is so strong has been when we first met. And I remember you, you, I did an interview with you uh, years ago. And after we did that interview, we sat in the, stood in the parking lot and talked for like two hours. And I'd never met you before. Uh, Nick Lowry introduced us, and I remember the conversation with you, and it really, uh, it, it just made me feel really good that here's finally somebody who gets it, somebody who gets it. And I think, Al, if we go, we go back through your career of 50 years of coaching, 40 years in the NFL, all, the, all these teams you've been with and the successes you've had, um, it's because you understand the psychological nature of what this is about. And I think that that's led to your success. I know you got to be so close, and you still are close with Dick Vermeil, who I who I actually had on last year on Super Bowl Sunday, um, and we talked about this. And it's it's I, I think the reason you had the success you had is because of the understanding you've had about uh, psychology, uh, mindsets, and athletes, and the the fact that you have great relationships with so many former players that you you coached says volumes about you. And quite frankly. You know, a lot of people should learn from what you've done because you're a great role model for so many people. And I just, you know, I can't thank you enough for being on today. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I know you'll be watching the game. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit biased being a Chiefs fan here, as you know. But uh, I sure as heck hope there's a parade here in a, in a couple days and we get to celebrate another Super Bowl championship. Al Saunders, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. You know, you, you, you have led so much, shared so much. That, that shows why you've been a success in what you do. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. And, uh, and go Chiefs. I'm going to be rooting just like you are real hard for the, uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Andy and, and Patrick and all those great players and all the, the great fans in Kansas City. Let's hope we have a, have a great game tonight and, uh, and good luck to them. Well, Saunders, thanks, my friend. The show is live Obviously, every Sunday morning from 7 to 8, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're also podcasted on all the podcast apps, especially on my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can, you know, I'd encourage everybody you know who is involved in sports to listen to the podcast of this show. This, Al Saunders is, is one of those people, I'm a little bit biased, I consider him a good friend, but his knowledge and expertise that he shared today is going to help everybody out. I'm a sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, we're on the leader in sports. Sports Radio 810 WHB, and let's go Chiefs.